So um, last week, if you missed it, please go back and uh, listen to the podcast or look in the recording, the link that Mary sent out. Uh, you can go on Facebook You may not, and scroll down and you'll find last week's service. We do have an audio on a podcast. If you'd like to listen to the podcast, you can sign up for that. And that's just the audio without the visual. So if you were listening into the podcast last week and didn't have the visual, uh, you missed my uh, uh, thing here. So I wanted to bring it back out and just reiterate last week. I, uh, during our prayer time uh, that we have before service, our boiler room, I uh, saw a, uh, kind of a regroup of a vision that I saw in 2014 and where there were a bunch of angels this time who were pouring out some of the blessing on top of our body. They were right up there and they were pouring out big buckets and it was gold dust uh, because gold was one of the things that I saw, provision increase. And I saw it coming down and just raining down just all over the place. So the, all of the pews were covered, the floors were covered, you were all covered head to, head to toe, covered in gold dust. And different ones of you had different size containers that you were holding up to receive the blessing of the Lord. And I saw people from as big as, you know, this is a five quart bowl holding up and bushel baskets and big things all the way down to I saw people and, and I didn't see like individual faces as in like well I saw so and so no it wasn't like that it was just uh, I saw bodies like outlines and, and I saw a couple that had their hands out and they were holding this is an eighth of a cup uh, holding out and it was full and pouring over each of these that they were holding and I was like Lord in my, I was thinking as, this, as I was seeing this I was like Lord what's going on and he said well people are receiving to the extent that they're able to receive and so I wanted to bring these out again as I continue to talk today just to encourage you from last week I encourage you to do what's necessary to move up Agree with the Lord to get the change of heart necessary to be able to receive at a greater extent. And often that comes from being able to give at a greater extent. Give and you shall receive. And so we give from our heart at a greater extent and it opens us up to be able to receive from the Lord in that area from a greater extent. Now last week I did qual qualify, I think that's the right word, that I'm not just talking about finances. Often when we talk about giving, we zero in on finances, uh, but I'm talking about any area of your life, and I think I gave an example last week about um, if I'm only able to give love at this extent, I'm probably only able to receive love at the same extent, because my heart from wounds or whatever has closed down, and I'm not open, and people could be pouring love like crazy on me, and it's landing on my shoulder, and I probably brush it off, it's not getting in because the, I only am open this amount to be able to receive. Okay? And so the Lord challenges us and encourages us to get us to open up our hearts to greater extents to be able to give more and receive more of what he has for us. Okay? So this is what we covered last week. If, if you feel like you need to, go back and listen to that sermon again and, and just get it on your heart till your heart just receives that. But I want to build on that today. And I want to talk about test. Now, how many like taking a test? Just like, 
we got like two of you. So if you need to take a test, Greta was so enthusiastic. Give her your name tag, your ID, and let her go in and take it for you. No. <laughs> tests generally we don't like. And because generally tests have a connotation to us of a judgment. You, you're going to get a mark. You're going to get a grade. And you're either going to be yay or you're going to be, boy, you suck. And everybody knows it now because they can see the grade in your grade book. You ever gotten an F in your grade card? I got an F in my grade card in fifth grade. I got a D in fourth grade. It was always in penmanship. I came to know later that I write in tongues, and it just takes interpretation. But anyway, so when we take tests, often we do that. So when it says that the Lord is testing us, sometimes our attitude toward that is that the Lord is sitting there going, okay, I'm going to see where they are so that I can give them an, a grade. And we're expecting this eternal grade book to have this grade in it of, boy, you, you are failing. But the testing of the Lord is different, and it comes a different way. It's actually an assessment. Now, an assessment is different because an assessment tells you where you are right now with the hopes of encouraging you to grow. An assessment is not a judgment of, whoop, that's it. You're done. I recently found this really great assessment for uh, leadership and business process. And I took it, and it's, it's, I, I enjoy it because it kind of really gives us an idea of, or gives me an idea of where I am. And I had all of our staff members take it. And it really showed us in our leadership, how we walk out leadership, where our weaknesses are. And it was, it was so beneficial. I don't look at that and go, oh, darn, well, we're screwed, you know. Might as well just sh shut up shop, lock the door, th throw away the key and quit because we're all failures. I don't look at it like I look at it at, okay, Lord, these are some areas that we need to grow in. And I want to grow in and we want to grow in. So I'm going to take where we are and I'm going to say, Lord, teach us, equip us, expand us, enable us, give us grace, give us correction, give us testing, whatever we need to do to move up. An assessment tells you where you are so that you can grow. Because, you know, we have to be honest with ourselves, right? We have to be honest with ourselves where we are. If we're sitting here like this and we're like, Lord, uh, I, I'm just lonely and I don't have love. Well, I'm, what about that friend I brought you? Well, I don't like her or I don't like him. They're annoying they're, or they're not listening to me. Because when we get together, I just pour out all of my wounds and all of my hurt, and they don't respond. Do you know how we do? You know, you know what I mean. And so being honest with ourselves of, okay, I need to learn how to be quiet and to show love so that I can receive the love that I am wanting. And the Lord does that. And assessment is where we're honest with ourselves. Now, I need to also qualify... I sure hope that's the right word. Uh, my brain gets mixed up. But to qualify that, uh, testing is different than temptation. The Lord tempts no one. A temptation, according to James, uh, if you remember, I think it's in James 1.3. It says the, God tempts no one. Because a tempting is to get you to fail. 
I want to give you and go right where your weakness is so that you fail. Satan tempts. God does not tempt. God doesn't want you to fail. God wants you to be honest where you are so that you can grow and move forward so he will test you to reveal to you where your heart is so that he can ask you and encourage you to move forward in him. But he doesn't tempt you to fail. He doesn't want you moving backwards. And failure tends to push us downward down the cycle, not upward into greater increase more of Jesus in our lives. Okay, understandable? So, did you know that uh, your trust in the Lord is basically assessed every single week? And one of the greatest ways that your trust in the Lord is assessed is through however you receive your paycheck. Have you ever thought about that? However it applies to you, and I know all of us are different. Some of us are living on retirement. Some of us are receiving a salary. Some of us work hourly. Uh, hourly. Hourly. Some of us receive aid of some type or live on support. However that is, I've done a lot of those things. I've not lived on retirement yet. I've done a lot of those things, so I understand wherever the paycheck or the funds are coming from, every week this assessment comes to us, Lord, where am I going to trust you with my heart, with my finances? And it allows me to see whether I am in a place where I trust the Lord or in a place where I am fearful, concerned, scared, and holding on to as tight as I can. Because the Lord's called us to be generous givers and to be cheerful givers. So to the extent that I am trusting in the Lord, my cheerfulness increases. And to the extent that fear has got in my heart, there's an assessment to show me, man, what about, what about, I, I can't, I, and then before you know it, I'm down here to where I'm like, I got to hold on to this tight. And I've been there. And at different stages in my life, when situations have changed, you get an opportunity to move up or move down or go back. And it's been a journey. When I own my own business, trusting the Lord for that business. When I worked a salary and I had a steady paycheck, trusting the Lord. When I've lived on donations, trusting the Lord. So I understand the difficulty at times, but it is this beautiful assessment to encourage us and challenge us to, okay, how much do you trust the Lord? How much are you willing to rest in Him and have joy in what He asks you to do? Malachi 3 talks about this test a little bit, and I want to just read it here. He starts off in verse 6 and he says, Hey, guys, I'm God. I don't change. I don't ride roller coasters. I don't go up and down. I don't... You know how hard it is to have a relationship with someone that's constantly changing? You know, where you never know, okay, is today a good day, bad day? Thursday, Wednesday? You know, God isn't like that. God isn't mad at you one day and happy with you the next. God is stable. He does not change. What he says to you, I love you. I am good. Those things don't change. They don't go up and down. They're just steady. 
And so he says to them, hey guys, I don't change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Isn't that kind of uh, funny? God's got, he's, he's probably up there chuckling when he's saying this. You know, sometimes you read this, you're like, oh, wow, he must be mad. No, he's probably sitting up there chuckling, like, you know, it's good that I don't change, guys, because if I changed, I'd probably be mad at you one day and I'd just wipe you all out, you know. <laughs> but I'm steady. I've been increasingly revealing to you who I am and what I'm like. Cultivating, uh, finishing in the revelation of Jesus just 400 years from this. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. You've struggled with this, guys. So return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. I'm for you. I want to be with you. But you're running in the opposite direction, and you keep, and you got your back to me. I'm calling out to you. All you got to do is turn around and face me, and you can move up and have my presence because I'm here to pour out on you. If you turn away and try to figure everything out on your own and, and, and do within your own strength, you get further and further away from me and further and further away from my blessing. You look less and less like me because you're not looking at me. So turn and look at me and say, Jesus, help me move up. Help me have more of you because I want to have more of you in my life, Jesus. If you do that, I'll do it. I'll happily do it. And we'll, we'll have fun. So he says this to here. But you ask, how do we do this? Verse 8. And so I'm answering you. Are you going to rob from me? Yet you rob from me. And so you ask me, hey, how do we rob from you? And he said, well, in tithes and offerings. So he gets down to the nitty gritty of it. Because if you remember, tithes and offering isn't just finances. To them, it was an entire area of their life. It was their crops. It was their, uh, their whole livelihood. And he was saying to them, hey guys, what you're doing is, in a very, very practical way, I'm wanting you to draw closer to me and know me and have me in your life. But because of fear or whatever, you have turned away. And so it's really walking out in the giving. You're no longer giving to me. You're having to hold on to. You're protecting what you think is yours instead of seeing the blessing of what I've given you. So you're robbing from me. And, and they're like, what? He says in verse 9, you're under a curse. It's not that I've cursed you. You're under a curse. Do you get this? It's not like I'm mad at you and so I'm cursing you. God doesn't work that way. You remember when uh, the disciples said to, said to Jesus, let us call down fire on them. And Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I don't go around calling down fire. I don't go around cursing. You're cursed because you have turned away from me. You don't trust and you're trying to do it in your own strength, which is impossible. And when you do that, you just shrink your ability to receive. And so you're cursed. All the blessings landing all around you, and you're only able to receive this little bit. God says, in the tithes and offering, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. And if I won't throw open the 
floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. So he actually says, God says, test me in this. Assess me in this. If I will not, as you turn toward me, if I will not move you up the line and reveal to you greater blessing. Now I know as we talk about these things, we're like, oh, great. I don't like talking about tithing. I don't like talking about money. Money is this unique thing. I mean, it's what we use as a currency to exchange, but it, it is a, uh, a bill or a coin that represents our time, talent, and treasures. So we've chosen this. That's what we use. Back then it was uh, crops and things. I think the key is realizing it's not a law. It is a love affair that you get into. It's a revealing of where your heart is, and it just comes into, I, I want to know Jesus more. Point number one, if I'm making points today, I think tithing is a test. It's an assessment. And it's not a test where you get graded A through F. You do it, you don't. It like this law. Well, you don't tithe, therefore... F. F. Not, not, I don't think it's like that at all. I think it's more of a, okay, if I'm not tithing, if I'm not giving to the Lord uh, cheerfully out of this area, where am I on the scale and why? What is holding back my heart from actually giving to the Lord? What keeps me from trusting in Him? Where's my heart? And that's the assessment I think the Lord asks us to go to because it will cause us to be, move into a greater area of blessing. Now, let's talk just a little bit about the tithe so I can just get this out of the way and, it, and it kind of explain it. What does the tithe mean? Well, the tithe means a tenth part. Okay? That's what literally the word means, a tenth part. And... Um, Ten is usually, if you get into the study of numbers and what they represent, like 12 is a number of government, 40 is a number of generations, 5 is the number of grace, 6 is the number of man. If you get into that kind of stuff as you're reading, God does things in very particular ways. 10 is the number of testing and assessment, knowing where your heart is. 10 is the number. And let me just give you a few examples. How many plagues were there in Egypt? There were 10. How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? I know you probably don't know, but you can look it up. It's 10. How many time, times were Jacob's wages with his father-in-law changed? Good answer. <laughs> How many days was Daniel tested according to Daniel 1? 10. When he did the fast thing, you know, when they fed him. How many days was it? 10. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? 10. How many days of testing is for the one church in Revelations 2.10? 10. 10. How many disciples were there? 
That's a good answer. I was checking to make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> got to make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> so it's a test, but it's an assessment of where we are. And it's also, God says, this is the only place in Scripture where he says, test me in this. You know, it's, it's a sin to presume and to uh, test God. But in this area, he's like, go ahead, test me. Try me. See if I won't. I'm making this promise to you. See if I won't be faithful to my promise. I want to bless you. I'm for you. And I want you to acknowledge and know my goodness. Now, tithe... I tithe, okay? I give 10% and I first fruit. So I do it immediately as soon as, as we get paid. That's the first bill I pay or the first thing I do is I set aside 10% and I give it to the church. I get right online and I do it because I want to make sure I don't accidentally uh, mistreat that, okay? That's how I walk this out. And then offerings come in addition to that. If the Lord moves upon my heart, I give additional offerings, to other things uh, in addition to that. Because I believe that 90% with God's blessings will go further than 100% without his blessings. And I've seen this in my life. I've walked through and I've gone in and out of it. There was a time when I did it younger and then we went through financial difficulty and I got out of the habit and then it got in this created this difficult season and then moving back in I would say things you're like okay I know I need to be doing this because right now I'm not trusting you I've moved down I, I, I realize I had moved down and I knew where I was and I was like okay Lord I want more blessing but I, I, I can't afford to Th- that step fearful step of riding the tithe first because what if the money runs out and finally, I had uh, just had done a lot of study, had talked to the Lord, uh, just had looked through, and I was like, you know what, I, I can't preach it, I can't live it, I can't do it unless I trust you in this area, unless I really believe you again and move back into it. You know, because I had lived the life of faith as a missionary. I mean, everything was by faith, and I could tell you miracle after miracle a miracle of last minute God providing the money or the phone call coming saying, hey, I just deposited $800 in your account. What did you need it for? And I was like, well, we were just praying for plane tickets. It was back when they were cheap. You know, I could tell you story after story after story of that, but I had moved out of that after getting back in the States and working and being out of the ministry for seven years. I had gotten back just into the fearful state of meeting the bills. And I had moved down Man, and the devil was eating my lunch. I had no joy. I had lost my joy. And the Lord kept prodding my heart in this area. And it took a couple years to get to the point where I was like, okay, Lord, I need a revelation on this. I I understand where I am, but to move past this, I've got to see you in a different way. I need a revelation. And he began to pour on me and teach me about his goodness. And I began to see, okay, yes, you have been faithful in the past. You can be faithful now, you will be faithful now, and you will be faithful in the future, and that was my hang-up. So I'm going to give this, and I tell you, those first couple paychecks, it was like, but he just walked it out. So it's been years now that I've just instantly, and it doesn't 
when I do it, I rarely, if ever, have a tinge in my heart of, oh, remember that bill? You know, rarely does that happen. Every now and then it does. I, I'm assessed. You know, like this week when the, the, I spent 500 on the water heater, uh, the dryer, I'm trying to keep it down under 100 because I'm doing it all myself, and the dog was over 500 of unexpected expense, in addition to Jill's birthday. You know, it's things you don't think of. You try to plan for, but you don't. You know, when I see my savings dwindle down, and it's like, okay, well. But it's okay, Lord. You were faithful. I'm thank God I had savings. You know? He says, if you trust me, you can move into this area of blessing. But it's being honest where we are. See, we have to understand, and if there's a point number two, this is it, that tithing is biblical. It's a life-giving biblical concept. Not a judgment law death. It's a life-giving biblical concept. See, boundaries are good. Boundaries are always good. We all have boundaries. And if we don't have boundaries, we'll usually end up with a therapist who will teach us how to have boundaries. Or a pastor or someone who loves us or a parent. Somebody will tell us, well, it's because you don't have boundaries. You've got to have boundaries, you know. God made boundaries. When he created the garden and he stuck Adam and Eve in it, what was the boundary? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't eat of that one. Tree of life, eat all you want. But that one, don't eat of. This one I've set aside for me. And as long as you don't eat of it, you're a steward of the blessing that I have provided for you. When you eat of it, you say, everything is mine, I'm the owner, not a steward. And the tithe, whatever that is, the tithe, when your finances belong to the Lord, it is saying, okay, Lord, this part is yours, and I acknowledge that you are my source by giving you your part. When I hold on to it, I say, all of the problems and all of the finances, they're all mine. Everything is mine, Lord. I don't need your help. I don't trust you to provide. I'm going to have to figure this out. I mean, that's what we're saying. This was the revelation that I got. Now, is the tithe, I, I know some people, they'll have an argument in their head, and I just want to speak to a few things. The tithe is not law, which brings to judgment. The tithe is life, which brings to grace and provision and joy. It predates the law. So God provided, and he set up the tithe of the tree, when uh, Abel brought forth his first crop, uh, or brought forth his sheep, it, the word says in Genesis 1, or Genesis 4, 4, that he brought forth the firstlings and sacrificed them to the Lord. He gave the Lord the very first of his harvest. Now, what's important to remember is that you don't know when you're giving the firstling if you're going to have the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighthling we get it a little bit easier in general, unless you own your own business. We get a little bit easier if you get a salary, you know what your finances are going to be. And you give that first thing of that. But at the same time, you don't know what expenses are coming. 
So you don't know what it's going to be. So you're having to trust, okay, Lord, I'm going to give this to you, trusting that the rest of this is going to cover or you're going to provide a different way. So in the same way, Abel said, Lord, I'm giving you this first lamb. Well, if you're a farmer, you raise cattle. You know you need that lamb to grow up and produce other lambs. So I'm giving you this first one in belief that you'll watch over the rest of it. Okay? So he does that. You see Abraham coming out in uh, 500 years before the law. Abraham wins a battle and he meets Melchizedek. Do you remember who Melchizedek? This is uh, in Genesis chapter 14. He meets Melchizedek who was the prince of Salem. Salem means peace. Prince of peace. Hint, hint. Uh, Hebrews, it says, Melchizedek had no father, no mother, no beginning, no end. More than likely, Melchizedek is Jesus. Okay? Abraham meets Jesus and gives to Melchizedek a tithe or a tenth of all the spoils of the war. 400, 500 years before the law. So you can't look at the tithe. You can't look at uh, giving God his portion of your finances as a law. It is a normal part of where we are, who we are. It's an acknowledgement to God of, okay, Lord, you've given to me. You are my source. Freely I've received. Freely I give and set aside to you what belongs to you in acknowledgement that it all came from you. Thank you, Lord, for the 90% stewardship that you've given me. And I'm going to live within that stewardship. And if I have emergencies or whatever, you're going to help me to overcome and to find and to be and be blessed to be able to meet those emergencies. You guys still love me? Genesis 28, 22, Jacob says, after he has been just extremely deceptive, Jacob's been, Jacob is the one who says, I can't trust anybody. I need to steal the blessing from my brother. I need to deceive and get the birthright from my brother. I'm deceiving so much that really I need to get out of town. And on his way out of town, he runs into Jesus. Remember, he has the, he's laying in Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. He's taking a nap and he sees the vision of the angels going up and down. And he says, this must be the place where God lives, the house of God. I called it Bethel. And he said, uh, Lord, if you bring me back here safely, I'm going to give you a tenth of everything I have. And when he does come back to this place, he doesn't just give a tenth, he gives his entire life. This is when he wrestled with the angel when he came back. And he tried to run away again. And God's like, nope, I got you, bud. And I'm going to bring you into the full blessing. I'm going to change your name. You're going to be Israel, not the deceiver, Jacob. I'm bringing you a complete new identity. So it wasn't just a financial blessing that he did. And he did come out extremely financially blessed. He came out full blessed. Came into a whole new person of who God called him to be. And now we have the house of Israel the 12 tribes of Israel, which was Jacob. That's Jacob's name. We have a nation of Israel named after the guy who was the deceiver who God changed. He acknowledged God. In the uh, Leviticus chapter 27, almost to the end of it, it's like the last chapter of Leviticus, uh, you see the tithe of the land. God says, I'm getting ready to bless you guys beyond what you can imagine. You're going to come into this promised land. It's going to be grand. But you need to acknowledge that I'm the one that gave this to you. So I want you to set aside a tenth of it 
and make sure you give it to me. This is declared holy to me. This is mine. Don't use it. Because if you use it, you're going to think that you did all this stuff and you're going to move into a curse and you're going to move away from me and lose my blessing because you're going to turn your back on me. I want you to acknowledge and keep your eyes on me. Jesus, you are my source. Set aside the 10% so that you know that I know that you know that I'm your source. And then I will expand and bless the rest of it. In Deuteronomy, he says the same thing. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 26, he says, please make sure you bring this in. He doesn't say please. He says, you need to do this because it's... Guys, this is, the, this is the difference between blessing or walking in your own strength. I don't want you walking in your own strength. So as your dad, I'm telling you, do this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Who knows what it is? Four, five, six, six. Yeah, is it four? Yeah, it's four, five. Yeah. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. We love that when we're praying about who we're going to marry or what job to take or whatever. But in actuality, it's about every area of our life. Do I acknowledge God in my ability to be friendly? Do I acknowledge God in my ability to give of my talents? Do I acknowledge God in my ability to give of my finances? Do I acknowledge, you understand what I mean? Of my time. Do I acknowledge God in these things by saying, God, you're my source. I love you. I love spending time with you. I want to walk this out in a healthy way, Lord. I want to live in the full grace that you have for me. Expand the tent, Isaiah 54, of your grace in my life. Being assessed, coming through an assessment, and then dealing with it. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23. 23, 23. I thought that was cool because it's uh, 2023. <clears throat> Has really nothing there. I'm just telling you. It's just kind of fun this morning. Uh, he tells the Pharisees, he says, Hey, you guys, you are great in your tithing. Man, oh, wow. It's like crazy. You even tithe the amount of spice that you get. But you fail to show love, mercy, and justice. Oops. He said, it'd be far better if you showed uh, love, mercy, justice, in addition to your tithing. Go ahead and tithe, but do it from your heart, not as a law, because otherwise it's just a law. I'm doing it because I have to, and if I don't do it, then I get an F, and when I get an F, God's mad at me, and then there's punishment. Huh, that's not the way it works. And if that is the way it works, please don't tithe. Please don't. Don't. You're just hurting yourself. Don't do that. Go to God and say, God, give me the revelation. I want to see this. I want to move from test with a grade book, A, A through F, to an assessment of where my heart is so that I can experience more and more and more of you. Move that, move me there, Lord. Last thing, if, I, if there is a third point, the last thing is that tithing or giving from your heart, acknowledging the Lord's presence is a blessing. Tithing is a blessing. We see in Second Chronicles 31, you have King Hezekiah here. He finds the book of the law. 
Now, Hezekiah came to power at a time when uh, things were going bad in the country. There was economic uh, turmoil. It was not a good time. He didn't come like Solomon uh, to richer and richer and richer and richer and richer, or the guy after Solomon who came into full-on riches. He came in a very difficult time, and he read in it, and he's like, wow, we have not been tithing. We have not been giving the Lord. We've been trying to walk this out on our own, and we're under a curse. Because we haven't acknowledged God, we have no help. Meaning, you, you know, I, I don't acknowledge it. I hope you're getting where I'm going with this and not just hearing the grade book A through F. When I don't acknowledge God, it is I am not allowing him to give me anything because I don't acknowledge him. He doesn't exist in this area, so I can't see or receive the good things he has for me. That's what I mean by not acknowledging God. That's what he means. It's seeing it in the right way. So Hezekiah sees it and he says, guys, let's collect the tithe. And so they begin to collect the tithe. And it's these humongous heaps, like humongous. And Hezekiah said, this is after they've collected. He says, what's going on here? And he said, well, uh, because everybody started tithing, the harvest was astronomical. And this is just the tithe. Because Hezekiah was like, you guys are giving too much. You just need to give just the tithe. And they're like, no, no, this is the tithe. The Lord blessed we walked into massive, the 90% became woof because I was able to, we were willing to give the 10. So my encouragement for you today is to move forward and move into greater areas of increase in the Lord. If finances is an area that you struggle in, take the assessment, get with Jesus, Find out where your heart is, what's holding you back from, from giving. Deal with those areas. Talk to an older believer. Deal with those areas. Get out of the law of it. Get into the grace of it. Really receive the love and provision of Jesus and move into further increase. Man, I could tell you story after story of people when they've surrendered, moved out of the law and into the grace of it, where the Lord has opened new job opportunities, I mean, just things increase. They're just willing to give. They're willing to... Uh, and let me also qualify. I think that's the right word, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about just giving here, if that's what you're picking up. I'm not what I mean. I, 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 I believe this is a storehouse. I give here and I give other places. But I, my tithe goes here. Okay? But... In uh, Leviticus, I think I read, Leviticus, he says, give your tithe, do this with it, give it to the, the, the place, the church, the, wherever the Lord's presence is, but also take care of the widow, take care of the orphan, take care of the foreigner. He says, use this and give it in those places. So I just want you to give to the full extent that God has for you with the joy that's available. That's what I want for you. I want you to come into the freedom so that we in 2023, no matter what the economy does, no matter what the Fed does, no matter what uh, the administration does, the House does, the Senate does, no matter what anybody does, we can move into a greater blessing and provision of the Lord because our finances are not subject to the world system. That's what I want for you increase 
in what you have so that you can give, 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 give. Remember what he told Abraham? I'm blessing you so that you will be a blessing. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for our wonderful church family. I thank you, Lord, for each of them individually, Lord, that vision. I pray, Father, that you would increase whatever they're holding in their hand in the area of their most needs, Father, and finances too, Lord, that you would increase it, Lord, that they would be able to give and receive to greater and greater extents, Lord Jesus, that you would open them up, heal their heart of any past wound, any kind of law, any judgment that's come upon them, anything where the, the enemy has lied, Father, any, anywhere where uh, a, a charity or a pastor has abused, Father, and uh, manipulated and uh, tried to torment people and to get them to whatever, Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, you would heal those areas and just bring them into the freedom and joy of the giving, Father, as you desire and where you desire it, Lord. You are faithful, Lord. Expand your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord, wherever they are, that they would again, Father, just begin to give offerings where they are. See people, see needs, meet needs. And expand, Father. Bless them, Lord. Move them, Father, into greater opportunity, Father. Greater blessing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the game tonight. See you next week.